Well, Happy New Year to you. It's great to be speaking to you today. You've joined us, obviously, at the beginning of a new year, but also at the beginning of a new series. The series is called Relational Wisdom. And we're looking at the Bible and what it has to say to us as we navigate the different types of relationships uh, that we have, whether that's people in our household, friends that we have, people uh, that we work with. Uh, we all have different types of relationships. And actually, the Bible is tremendously helpful. It's not just helpful to give us some sort of top tips that are practical. We will get into very practical things in this series. Uh, but actually, much more than that, what the Bible provides for us is real wisdom. And that's why we've included that word in the title. And wisdom goes beyond just the, the practical tips and helping us to get a little bit better at getting on with people, but actually helps us to, to understand what relationships are, why they're important, have a, have a vision for the relationships that we have in our lives. You see, the wisdom of the Bible is going to actually equip us to have fruitful relationships with people, not just functional ones. And even for the relationships that we have that have become difficult and the ones that are not easy, with what the Bible has for us, there is a real hope for, for healing and restoration in those relationships as well. And that's because the wisdom of, of the Bible is personified in Jesus Christ. And so by looking at his word and by looking at him and receiving by his spirit, we can experience transformation and our relationships with others can be transformed as well. So that's where we're going with this series. But I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Matt, it's the, it's the wrong time for this. You know, we're tier four. The one thing we can't do is sort of get out and spend lots of time with people. And so what's the point of doing a series on relationships when you know, you're just touching a wound there? It's difficult for us. Well, okay, let me say a couple of things on that. Firstly, well, it's not a bad idea to, to learn about relationships now. We're going to need this wisdom uh, for the future, if not now. Secondly, all of us do interact with people people that we live with. And even the situation we're in, maybe that's brought us closer together and that can be a great thing, it can be problematic as well. No, actually there's something timely about this. And even if we are very much isolated, one of the things that I hope this series is going to encourage you with is to be proactive and to reach out to others, even though that there are barriers in the way of doing that. You know, it's still possible and it's still important. It's vital, in fact, to relate to others, even in seasons like we are in. But I think thirdly, and probably more, most importantly, I think this last year has highlighted to us just the importance of relationships. You know, like the cliche is that when things are taken away, we realize how important they are. And I think more than ever, perhaps before we've, we would take the relationships and relating to other people in our lives, we take that for granted. And then when with everything that's happened, we're not able to do that in the way that we have done. And we feel the lack of that. We feel the loss of that. We realize a new layer to the truth that the Bible has said from the beginning. It's not good for us to be alone. And some of you have learned that the hard way. Actually, being isolated from people is really difficult. I think we have a renewed sense that we are relational beings, whether we feel that we're introverted or extroverted. You know, there's something fundamental to us as people 
to be relational with one another. And what we're going to see is that is because God has made us like that. God has made us relational beings. It's important. It's actually who we are to relate to those around us. And actually, it's because God is relational. And so we can, by grabbing hold of what God's wisdom is, we can learn so much about what it is to relate to others. As I say, we all have people that we interact with. And we're going to do that well or we're going to do that poorly. But why not learn from the one who invented relationships? That's where we're going uh, in this series. As I've said, relationships are not always easy. And maybe when I'm bringing up this topic, <laughs> you're very aware people in, that come to mind right now, they think, that, okay, that relationship is difficult right now. Well, the good news of the Bible is that Jesus, the Savior, has come to restore the gospel message. The message of Christianity is one of reconciliation. God has sent his son into the world so that people like you and me can be reconciled to God. We can have a relationship, an enjoyable relationship, a fruitful relationship with the God who made us. But as we receive that and as we enjoy that, actually that brings about restoration in us that we can extend to others and a reconciliation by the Spirit that can help us even in the relationship that we have that are particularly difficult. And really that's where we want to begin with this first message in this series, this really, this positive note, understanding that relationships are a gift from God. They're important to God. They're not just incidental features of life. No, they're actually something that God has been specific about creating for us. There's a passage in the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, and it's probably quite a famous passage, actually, that sort of seeped into popular culture from time to time. And it talks about the different seasons of life. And it says there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up. And it goes on to say there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, but also a time to dance. And maybe whether we're familiar with that or not, maybe on hearing that, what we're understanding is, well, what it's really saying is there's a lot of stuff that happens in life. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. Well, that's, that's not really wisdom. I mean, a child could come up with that. You know, sometimes people are happy, sometimes people are sad. Sometimes it's sunny, sometimes it's raining. That's, that's, not, the, that's not wisdom, that's just observation. No, the wisdom that it's saying here is that actually all these different features of life are under the sovereign hand of God. That God is involved in all of them. And yes, there are times that are difficult and God is in that and he's in that with us. But there's also... God-ordained laughter in life. And laughter comes from our interaction with other people. What do I mean by this? Well, I'm drawing attention to the fact that God has been intentional in putting people in our lives that we can interact with, but we can enjoy. Relationships are a blessing from God. They're not random. Think about that for your life. The people in your life. The people in your household the people that you work with, the friends that you have, the people that you just sort of interact with, the person that serves you coffee or the person you met at the gym or your neighbour, the person that you live nearby. To God, that's not incidental. Maybe we don't think of it in those terms. It's not accidental. It's actually God is in there. 
And all these relationships that we have are opportunities to, A, walk in the wisdom of God in those, in those areas, but also receive the blessing of God. It's part of the richness of life to enjoy other people, to laugh with other people. That's God's intention. That's God's calling for us. That's what God wants us to enjoy. Relationships are not sort of an optional extra in life. No, they're part of the God-ordained richness that he has provided for us. To put it another way, relationships are not unspiritual. No, God is involved in them. God cares about them. They're important to God. They're not sort of unspiritual. God cares about what happens on a Sunday morning, but he also cares about what happens on a Friday evening or the coffee break at 11 o'clock at work on a weekday. God's involved. God cares about those things because he cares about the people that we interact with. It is a spiritual thing. Maybe that's surprising. Maybe you've never thought of it in, 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 terms, in those terms before. Well, the reason that I can say this is we, see, we can see right the way through the Bible that God is a relational God. We see that right from the beginning. God creates people. He creates everything, but he creates people. And immediately he creates them in a friendship with him. Now, through the story of the Bible, that gets broken, but then restored. And then by the end of the Bible, what we see is God surrounded by multitudes of people, gathered people from all across the world. Why? To, to worship him, but also to be in his presence. God is relational. God has made us to be in relationship with him. And we see that most clearly in Jesus Christ. God coming into the world and actually taking on the form of humanity, becoming a person so he can relate to us on our level. And so we're going to look very specifically right now at Jesus. We've got a passage here from Luke chapter 7 that we can see what is God like God is one who meets with people, connects with people, enjoys the company of people. And we see that very clearly in this passage that we're going to hear now from Luke chapter 7. To what then shall I compare the people of this generation? And what are they like? They are like the children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, we played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine. And you say, he has a demon. The son of man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by all her children. So what's going on in that passage? Well, Jesus is talking to a crowd of people and he's addressing the topic of spirituality and kind of sort of giving a commentary on people's different ideas and saying, actually, you, you, don't, you haven't decided on this, and you know, nothing ever is quite good enough for you in terms of spirituality. And he contrasts himself with, with John, who came before him. And Jesus is saying, well, John, he was someone, he was kind of isolated from people. He lived a very ascetic life. And yet, for some of you, that wasn't spiritual enough. And yet I come, 
And what I do, says Jesus, is I spend time with people. I go to people's houses. I befriend people. He actually drinks and eats with people so much so that people mistakenly accuse him of being a glutton and a drunkard because he's focused on other people. He's enjoying other people. He's appreciating other people. And he's saying, no, actually, this is, I'm demonstrating God to you. Jesus goes on to say, if you've, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This is what God is like. He's someone that comes alongside the people, even in society, that other people don't want to come alongside. He befriends the outcast, befriends the sinner. God is highly relational. I think this idea of spirituality being something that's very introspective, I think that pervades even to the present day in a city like ours. If someone talks about what it means to be spiritual, I'm, I'm, they're often talking about something that's very introspective. Spiritual practices are things that maybe take you away from other people. I want to be on my own, meditate or whatever it is. But actually, what, what Jesus demonstrates, the God of the Bible seems very different than that. What's spiritual to Christianity is being with people laughing with people, having a meal with people. That's thoroughly spiritual. When I read the Gospels, I, I see this Jesus, it seems like it would be fun to be around Jesus. Imagine being one of Jesus' disciples. I think it would be a lot of, lot of fun. There was joy, enjoyment, there was joy. There was different seasons and different times where that wasn't the case, but actually there was a lot of that. Jesus said some funny things. Jesus was funny in his teaching. Now we all know the first rule of comedy is timing, of course. And with 2,000 years past since Jesus said these things, often the humor is lost. But when Jesus is talking about straining out gnats and swallowing camels and having planks in people's eyes, that would have got a laugh from people, especially when he was poking fun at the authority figures at the time. There's a lot of satire in what Jesus had to say. Jesus told jokes. He's told funny things. People enjoyed being with him. That's one of the reasons why crowds flocked to be around him. What about you? Maybe that challenges our idea of what it means to be spiritual, what God would have us do and be like. Are we like Jesus? Are we intentional in building friendships? Do we see that as something pri that we're primarily called to do? Or do we maybe take ourselves too seriously? Now, I know that in saying this, there are different temperaments and different personality types. And I'm not saying to be like Jesus, you have to be the life and the soul of the party and cracking jokes all the time. But perhaps there is a challenge for us in this. Sometimes we can take ourselves too seriously and even think that that makes us more spiritual. I know I've probably uh, experienced that and felt that, especially early on uh, as, as a, church, a church leader in church ministry. So about, I guess, 10 years ago now, when I started out in church ministry, I think I was quite a serious young man. <laughs> and not, not in a good way, I don't think. Uh, one of the, around that time, one of the elders who was kind of uh, overseeing me, looking out for me, training me, I suppose, and um, I would spend a lot of time with him and often would go for meals at his house. And in, in those uh, early stages, at one point, apparently the, this elder in question asked his wife, who had spent time with as well, uh, what she thought of me. And one of the things that she said was, I wish you would lighten up a bit. 
And this elder, in his wisdom, at some point fed this back to me. And you know what? I think it was one of the most helpful pieces of advice I have ever received, especially when it comes to church ministry. Because I think probably subconsciously I had thought, well, what it means to be a leader in the church or what it means to be spiritual or what it means to take God seriously is to be serious and, and probably be a bit intense, really. But actually, that's, that wasn't that wasn't helping me. It wasn't helping probably people that I interacted with, having this serious guy around all the time. And actually saying, no, actually, lighten up a bit. That was tremendously releasing for me. Oh, actually, no, that's, yeah, I can, I can be myself. I don't have to be super serious. I can be myself. And actually, I've worked for a church for many, um, many years. And it may be a surprise to you to, to know, but... The, working with church is a place of a lot of laughter. I'm, I'm in meetings uh, a lot through the week, often with other elders in those meetings as well. And I, we have meetings, pastoral meetings, strategic meetings, different types of meetings. There's rarely a meeting that we don't laugh together. I think that is something that's really good, really spiritual, that we do enjoy each other's company. Yes, of course, we take the work of the church seriously and we take God seriously and we take what he's called us too seriously but we don't take ourselves seriously see that's what one of the things that the gospel does to us it undermines us any sense of self-importance if we really get hold of what Jesus has come to do in our lives he's he's taken that away self-importance self-focus no actually when we meet Jesus the focus is on him actually he frees us from that that we can enjoy the company of other people enjoy focusing on other people not take ourselves too seriously Maybe that's a challenge to you today. Maybe the barrier to you enjoying relationships with other people and and getting on with people better is because you're maybe too seriously or take yourself too seriously. Maybe that's in the workplace. I mean, think about it. How does the tone shift when you enter a meeting? Even if that's an online meeting, a video call or whatever. Do people know you as someone who is relaxed and and warm and generous and approachable these are christ-like things what about when you come home at the end of the day and you come into your household are you bringing that type of environment that jesus seems to bring here often when we are tired and maybe we're grumpy or maybe we're stressed out and we actually we can bring a totally different environment to, to into into our household and it can be unhealthy when I look at that passage in Ecclesiastes of course it's not saying that every moment of every day is like you're on top of the world and everything's really positive yes there's a time to mourn there's a time to be sad at times and there is a time to laugh yet what I don't see that there's not actually a time to be grumpy (laughs) being a Christian and grumpiness don't go together because grumpiness is about self-importance often the ways that we've been offended the way we are stressed And actually, all of us feel that from time to time. Of course we do. But those are the times to grab hold of the gospel afresh and apply it to our hearts. Now, what Christ has done for me outweighs whatever offense I might have felt or whatever stress is going on. It's a time to grab hold of the gospel afresh. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm teaching this to you and preaching this to you because I need to preach it to myself as well. And maybe for, for you, that's what a very practical step that you need to take. Maybe before you go into a meeting or before you go home or before you go to meet someone, just pause, 
Think about what's going on in your heart and your mind. Grab hold of the gospel afresh. No, God has freed me. God has been good to me. God has established an enjoyable relationship through Christ with me. He loves me. He's for me. There's no room for grumpiness at the foot of the cross. No, he's taking things away. I can, I can be warm. I can be generous to others. It's not faking it. It's about having a heart warmed by the gospel so we can warm other people with our presence. That's what it means to follow Christ and, and be like him in this way. Having positive relationships with one another and enjoying other people's company and even getting to a place of being able to laugh and to joke with people. Of course, that is something that doesn't happen overnight. You can't just flick a switch and that makes it everything, everything good in that way. No, it does take some time. It does take some effort to get to know people. It does take some questions, and I, like many of us, have got lots to learn in this, but one of the things we want to teach you through this, this whole series, really, is if these relationships in our lives are blessings from God, what, one of the things, one of the features of them is there is a harvest. There's a harvest to be reaped. It does take sowing. It does take getting to know people. Sometimes that is a slow process, but there's a harvest of God's blessing to be reaped in the relationships that we have. And it's easy to just to stick to ourselves and not invest in others. But God's calling us to something greater. God's calling us to something more than that. And there is a harvest to be reaped in time. So God is calling us to pursue our relationships with others so that we can enjoy them, enjoy God's blessing in them, enjoy the richness of them. And perhaps at the beginning of this year, that's a good resolution uh, to make. Often when we come up with resolutions, they are quite personal and introspective. I'm going to do this, I'm going to read this, I'm going to get fit or whatever it is. And there's not, nothing wrong with those things. But how about a resolution to make the most of others and be more others focused? And I'd probably say, especially in this time, that it's difficult to do it. But I think it me means that it's more important than ever. It's Christ-like to pick up the phone and just cheer someone up. Just ask how they are. Just share a joke with them. Just lift people's spirits. That's, that's, that's spiritual. That's, that's following Christ. That's what it looks like. Have fun with others. God has ordained it that we might enjoy the company of others and laugh with people. God is a relational God. He's made relationships to be enjoyed. Let's not miss out. Let's not miss out on that. You can bring God's blessing to other people. We need it. You need friends. I need to be reminded of this, and so I'll remind you as well. You need friends. It's easy, actually, to let friends slip out of our lives. There's a calling to be intentional with them and, and draw people in and connect with people. You need it for your, for your life, for your soul, for your mental health, all those things. Let's enjoy that. God's calling us to it. I know for some, you might th think, well, actually, I'm not very skilled in this area. And that's true. Some of you think, yeah, I don't need to have, you, you were sold at the first sentence. So you go out and do it. You've texted someone already. You've, you've been proactive. Others need a little bit more encouraging. There's lots that God calls us to that we don't always feel skilled at doing whether that's sharing the gospel, whether that's serving others, whether that's praying, whether that's reading the Bible. 
that doesn't mean it's an optional part. No, no, God's given you some relationships. There's people that you can interact with. There is an opportunity there. And God wants to help you in it as well. It's following Jesus. It's not doing it because God said so. It's actually enjoying Jesus in it. God, who, who can I bless today? Who can I reach out to today? We're not all experts at this, but with, with Jesus' help, we can all take steps forward in this. It does take time. It does take effort. There is a cost on us, but there's also a harvest of God's blessing to be reaped as well. So I guess my encouragement today to you is to pursue others. And we do that knowing that God in Christ has first pursued us. I've said it many times, God is a relational God and we see that in Christ himself. He left the comfort of heaven to come amongst us and to demonstrate God to us. Not so that we might have a superficial relationship with God and know God at a distance, but know God intimately and we can do that now by the Spirit. I love that verse, the way that Jesus describes himself, a friend of sinners. That's good news for all of us today. None of us deserve God to befriend us. But in Christ, that is exactly what he has done. He's befriended us. He's come to meet us. Perhaps you've never thought about Christ in that way. Christ, this amazing saviour. He didn't come into the world and die on a cross and rise again just out of a sense of moral obligation or that's what God does. He did it because God genuinely loves us and wants us to enjoy our relationship with him. Christ has come so that you might enjoy our relationship with him. The psalmist knows this, Psalm 16. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. It's something to enjoy in knowing God through Christ. And as we do enjoy that, as we receive that, as we receive that reconciliation, we can love others and serve others and reach out to others and enjoy our relationship with others as well. There's barriers in the way. Of course there are right now. But Christ has overcome the barriers. He's overcome the cross in order that we might know him. Let's pursue others. Let me pray for you as we do that. Father, we so thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into the world so that we might know you. And I want to pray right now, everyone listening to this would know that Christ has come for them. That they might enjoy a relationship with you afresh at the beginning of this new year. And that as their heart is warmed by that and transformed, Lord God, that we might be people that pursue others and show the love of God to others and enjoy others' company because you have come into our lives. We thank you and we pray be with us by the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.